Hey, this is Derek Duncan from the Feed the Ball podcast. You're listening to State of the Game, the golf podcast that started it all. Be sure to check out the Talking Golf Network at TalkingGolf.com, the home of golf's most engaging discussions. And welcome to episode 97 of State of the Game. Rod Murray's my name, and it's good to have your company as we wave goodbye to the men's majors for 2019, but look ahead to the prospect of a thrilling finish to both the Wyndham Rewards and FedEx Cup mm. year-long races. Yes, the new look <laughs> golf calendar is in full swing. Uh, but as always, there are bigger issues to consider than the who, what, when, where, how, and why of elite multimillionaire professional golfers, and who better to help consider them than my respected co-hosts here at State of the Game. First, to the US, where we find the just-returned and chuckling Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, what a reek, what a result, what a party, what a raging success, frankly. The Open looked to be at Royal Port Rush. It must have been a bit of a buzz to be on site there for this one, I would have thought. Yeah, it was sensational. Yeah, I mean, we had some idea it was going to be pretty good, but it was um, it was just an incredible success and and another reminder what a great course can do and all that good stuff. So we'll we'll kick all that around and, and the Wyndham Rewards uh, <laughs> chase. Get it out of the way. When does that finish? Is it's before the FedEx Cup, isn't it? Next week is the Wyndham Rewards, and okay. and and if Brooks Kepka can win this week, Rod, he is going <laughs> to add the Wyndham. <laughs> To cash in. This is big stuff. This is exciting. I'm sure he's watching the figures closely. From down here in Australia, where he also no doubt enjoyed the spectacle of the Open at Royal Portrush, though I'm sure not the viewing hours as I didn't. It's Mike Clayton. Clayton's between the Open and the Irish Open. Felt like a real festival of the game these past weeks. The Scottish Open was a bit different from a golf perspective in the middle, but uh, you've been there and played there. Nobody does feel good quite like the Irish, do they? Yeah, the Irish Open was always the best tournament on the European tour outside of the Open, obviously, but the Irish, the Scandinavian, and the British PGA were the three best events, but the Irish was the best because mm-hmm. the crowds were amazing. We played at Port Marnock for years in rural Dublin. The crowds were amazing. They loved it. The kids were great. You know, they were, it was an amazing tournament. And a, and a pity that they moved it away from the links. They went to Mount Juliet, of course, in the middle of the country, and it was never as good. We can discuss that with the upcoming... Ryder Cup venues that go mm. inland to soggy, soggy little things that build on parklands. But, um, yep, it was fantastic at Port Rush, a great week. The Scandinavian. Now, I think you've said this before. The Scandinavian, one of the top I players. love golf. I love it up there. And they wear the most colourful clothes and they, there were piles of kids. I remember Annika Sorenstam was like 14 and she caddied for Greg Turner in an exhibition match up there. And really? It was, it, was, it was by far, the, it was a brilliant tournament wow. in, in Sweden. Amazing. Wow, there you go. It's an overlooked market, isn't it, Shaq? We never talk about golf in Scandinavia. I mean, we know they produce quite a few good golfs. We don't ever really, and it's not a thought of as a destination, is it, Shaq? But no, tell you they no, go to Scandinavia to play golf. Four weeks long, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, right. They love hickory golf up there and uh, they also have some neat old, HS cold courses and yeah, there's some different, yeah. different stuff in yeah, various parts. Of there, yeah. uh, I, I know. Almost every, almost every other country where they play golf on the continent, it's a, it's a very elite game. You know, France, yeah. and Germany, and but Sweden, it's not. Sweden is yeah. much more middle class. Well, it's a much more middle class country, really. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, with the um, how they work their government, the, the socialism up there, which is a good thing, probably, yeah. and. <laughs> 
<laughs> everyone plays golf up there. You know, it's a very middle-class game that's not expensive to play, and it's, it's just a different game there than it is on the rest of the continent. I know I've seen some amazing-looking golf in Iceland at the website that our yeah, friend oh, Edwin yeah. Rowland oh, yeah. has. Some incredible with the rocks coming out of the ground, all that volcanic stuff, some amazing-looking stuff. Incredible, so. yeah. But yeah. that's the one place I do want to go and Iceland, I went to the yeah. Himalayan golf course, that course in Nepal, and the uh-huh. golf in Iceland. They, look, they sound like the most interesting. I find it hard to believe that there's any golf in the world that you haven't experienced, Clates, because every time, I, every single day of the week, I know you're on a golf course somewhere. So uh, let's hope that you get to tick those off the bucket list. Shaq, give us a little bit of on-the-ground stuff uh, about Royal Prize. If I, if I say to you in a year's time, 2019 Open, what do you remember? Quick-fire answers. What, uh, what sort of stands out? Well, I think sensationally Shane Lowry uh, will stand out still, um, but Portrush will, will not be uh, forgotten quickly because uh, just, just on what I've heard from people who are watching, uh, how beautiful it looked, and, and on the ground you just uh, marvel. Every hole is a little bit different, and it has so much character, and, and it's beautiful, and it worked amazing,ly well. You know, I was watching some of the flyovers leading the tournament, and I thought, oh, boy. This is going to be a really hard golf course mm. to get around, and they did, they did uh, budge a little on things like where where media and other people could walk. They didn't try to make us walk in these in the dunes and the ferns and the roses, and uh, they could use a good fire through their roughs. But uh, they they didn't really push that. That may have also just been the the Irish uh, uh, marshals who were who were wonderful, uh, and that was an interesting thing. I don't know how to quite explain it but compared to other open venues and nothing against the, the scots or the brits but they were a little more relaxed mm. and and friendly and helpful to spectators you know sometimes you get these tournaments and the, and the marshals are are uh, frustrated old uh, gym uh, <laughs> teachers from high school and they want to yeah. boss people around and uh, gosh, the, the 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 air around the golf course, just the, the the vibe was so great from that, and you just didn't get an, a, a sense of elitism from the Port Rush members. You just go on and on. It just was just a very different feeling open. And I think if you look at Martin Slumber's comments, um, unlike his predecessor, he has come to value big crowds and happy crowds, and what that does for the the tournament and what people see and i think they it's going to be telling where they go with some opens going forward that they they like obviously they like ticket sales for the money but i i genuinely believe that martin slumbers wants to see those numbers and see that energy because he knows it it makes for a better tournament um and gets people excited about the the game because they've had some lately that were where I mean, Carnoustie on the weekdays. And, and by the way, that vibe they've had is somewhat self-inflicted by their prices and eliminating... Say, it ain't cheap, is it, to go to the tickets Open? ...tickets and yeah. uh, senior rates and things like that. So, you know, when he's talking about that in the press conference, I'm, I was kind of wanting to raise my hand and say, <laughs> you know, some of those things can be remedied with, with a little more uh, retro pricing. But um, so it was, uh, it was great fun. And uh, uh, I just I just couldn't believe what Lowry did on Saturday. That 63 is is going to go down as one of the great rounds, and um, it, it was astounding. And then I just love the fact that he was so honest about everything that went on Sunday and what he that what he what he thought about before the round, what he was toying with, mm-hmm. dealing with, 
on the course. Um, the things that you very few players ever admit to. He's the anti-robot, uh, isn't he? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what a I mean, what a great winner for there, and um, it's just, it just was it was it was sensational. Yep. It, it's been a, an unexpected consequence of the extraordinary success of Port Rush, and been, was fantastic to watch. And on television, it came across as terrific, and the atmosphere looked fantastic, and it made you want to be there. But it has put a couple of other open venues. A bit of a question, mate, and, and the talk has been Muirfield and Litham. Both might be uh, getting looked at now that Port Rush is there. That could replace one or the other or both on the rotor. Is that? Did you hear any of that chat? It seemed to come out. Sort of Sunday, Monday, a lot of people started saying, well, do we need to go to Muirfield and Lytham? We can come back to Portrush instead. Yeah, well, definitely Lytham. Uh, I think that's been on the endangered list and will be maybe uh, a return will be there for, for the, the Jones anniversary, uh, 1926. Um, so 2026. But I, I just, it doesn't have the space. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's, it'll be an iron off most of the tees for the players by then. It already was last time. Mary in twenty thirteen, isn't it? Lovely idea. Yeah, but it might not be up to it. So, I just don't. I don't. And then Muirfield, I think, is uh, uh, was a fascinating thing to sort of get lumped into that discussion. And I think it's a product of the the, the, the membership issues that they're still that's moving slowly. They've extended invitations to female members, mm-hmm. um, and then. The, uh, the the last few times they've gone there, the ticket sales have been good, but but not great, especially twenty thirteen. Um, and so, uh, and then and then with the Scottish Open in that area, the, the, it could just could be one of those things where the the RNA feels uh, that that area is a little bit oversaturated, and that they there are other places they can they can go. So. Um, Port Rush, they put a lot into to make it work, and then the players loved it, mm. and it had you know it had a few flaws, uh, but those were mostly RNA setup related, I thought, and um, and the club will probably consider fixing a few of those things or tweaking a few of those things. The OB um, that was was really lame. So um, it, it's it, it I, I think people found it very easy to get in and out of there, and, and really one of the only negatives was that. They did such a good job of getting you in and then out that they they didn't help the neighboring towns uh, do as well as they thought they would with visitors and and people having dinner and um, and so uh, but in a weird way that was a compliment to the infrastructure plan working. Okay, that's fixable. Too well. And yeah, we'll come back yeah. to some of the setup issues that you mentioned there. Clates, does the open rotor need a refresh from time to time? We Portrush was certainly up to the task. Well, from the outside, and I haven't heard anybody from the inside say it was anything but phenomenal. Uh, would you see the the possibility for maybe one or two courses to drop off the rotor and be replaced by Portrush, and who knows, maybe one other in the next decade? Well, perhaps let them get the consolation prize, which is what they've got this week, which is the senior open. Mm-hmm. And it was terrific for the women's open well. last year, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Yeah, so perhaps now the R and have more control over the women's open. They can take those two excellent events there, which are not the open, but pretty good consolation for a place that is getting small. Um, Jeff, why can't they play at Royal County Down? Is there any reason why they won't go there? Um, I think it's just a matter of, of getting in and out would be my guess. Um, I heard Port Marnock mentioned a lot yeah. more than, than Royal County down just, uh, because if I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, 
but I know the people who, who, who went there for the Irish Open said it was it was tough. It was work uh, to get there and, and the lodging and all that. And I think that uh, that's probably it's probably more that we certainly know it's not the golf course. And so, yeah, Port Marnock was mentioned quite a bit as, as a possibility someday down the road. I, I think they're addressing their membership faster than <laughs> Mirfield. Um, but they're still an all-male club, but I think yeah. they're close to changing. And, uh, you know, Brexit will, will impact that potentially. But it, uh, it's, it seems to be something they're, they're looking at as, as well, which is... It's open to discussion, isn't it, Shaq, that wasn't open previously before the that I can recall. It's just open this discussion. Well, actually, maybe we should re- re-look at some of this stuff and go elsewhere. I don't recall any of that chatter before the week started at Port Ross, Well, certainly. yeah. And then remember, Turnberry's out. As long yes. as the name Trump yeah. is on it, um, has nothing to do with the golf course. And also, Turnberry is one where they've had attendance issues and it's harder to deal with there. They, I think they, they really consider that their logistically their most difficult venue in terms of uh, rooms and and getting in and out and and all that so i just think it's easy for them to write that one off and um and then you know st george's next year isn't exactly beloved so when you suddenly chip away at a few of these things for the various reasons uh the rota gets 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 a little smaller so they they should be open to some other things they should be open to Royal St. Ports, uh, for sure. I mean, it's a better golf course than St. George's, and it's a nicer club, and nothing against St. George's, but it's a little snootier. It's a little more exclusive. Um, and those are all. Those are the kinds of things, I think, that when you listen to Martin Slumbers, he is uh, determined to uh, uh, use the Open to help the perception of golf. And so, so ultra-exclusive clubs, places where there's not a lot of energy, places where the players think the course is a little overrated, all those little things, he is taking into account. Well, he's certainly got and a I lot suppose, of them. Sorry, um, sorry, Rod, no, I no. suppose fourth calls you know, never struck me as being quite as yeah. good as the, the better ones, but and it's a small place and I'm not sure how the crowds would go around there. I mean, perhaps that's a, perhaps that's a perfect senior open venue as well. But yeah, obviously... Like if you were going to go to Wales, that would be the one place you might be able to go. Yeah. But I didn't go in Wales. It's the only one in Wales. Yeah. It did come up in the RNA press conference, and, and it, it was there was sort of a joke in the question, like I guess because it comes up every year. But uh, And then, by the way, the other one we didn't mention is Troon. Um, I don't know if they had the, 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 the best crowds there last time in their view, and I don't know if Troon really left uh, a great taste in everyone's mouth. I, I just, just didn't, it, it's fine, but it's, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a big, big venue in a weird way. And, and, uh, and then the scale of it's weird and it's tough and it has, I mean, I mean, Port Rush just has so many good holes. Um, it worked incredibly well uh, for fans. When you were on the site, the players loved it. It's beautiful, so you you know you throw that in, and it just starts to make it, it exposes some of the flaws of these other mm. places, which are very good links. But but when you're talking about the the Open Championship, you want the best, and yep. and Port Rush uh, exposed that. Yeah, so is. is it a time to start reducing the number of courses? Perhaps have I, five courses and just just rotate around the, the five best ones. I think that'd be great, and they're they're I mean they may even be in that that place pretty soon. When you, if you think Lithum is outdated, and yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, the old course, and 
Carnoustie works really well and is great. And uh, it also allows you to allows you to get the infrastructure Burke right too, doesn't it, Jack? Because that's really the key. It's not the golf that's the problem. It's the the show around it, the circus around it, which creates a problem in these well, small places that were never in, nobody ever envisaged. I yeah. think events the size of the Open coming to a place like, well, certainly Portrush is one, but um, for many of these places, I suppose. Although I always find the footprint of the Open to not be nearly as 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 absurd as the U.S. Open in terms of what it does and what it might limit them to. And they, they, they do amazingly well with these places where there are not many big roads going to and from. So I, I think that they can handle more places than, than the U.S. Open or the PGA. And you know, they don't have the corporate uh, tents quite like they do and, and other stuff. So, But then when you listen to the things, you're like what are they going to do with those the last two holes and 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 seeing what they put on those holes, it, it you know it still requires though a, a lot of space. Mm. Sorry, Clates, I cut uh, you off. You were about to say something, Clates. No, no. Um, we're assuming Doorknock's just too hard, too far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think and too short. Yeah. Well, they're too all short. too short. They're all too short yeah. to win, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, well, what are the the? Let's see the the. The par fives at Port Rush. I have to go back in and and I I I, I, I and just pick apart the numbers. But they they uh, they ate those par fives up. They were they were not difficult. I mean, the new seventh hole that Barton Eber did is so big. It's it is just a big hole, and uh, they were reaching it in two even even when the wind wasn't helping them. And um, the second hole. I think was average 4.32 on Saturday with most of them hitting three wood off the tee. So, uh, the, the par five is, is something they're noticing too. And, um, uh, we, we, you know, we will find out in the fall what they have in mind, but I don't know if you guys saw, I wrote a piece for, for golf week where I interviewed slumbers after his press conference when he didn't give much of an answer and he gave a little better answer after, and and he kept mentioning the word skill. He didn't talk about distance. He talked about skill. And so I think they feel like they have players behind or will get behind them if there are adjustments to the equipment rules that are that are driven to reward skill more. And I think they found that as their their sweet spot for for bringing people together. So we'll see. But that was about it. We couldn't really other otherwise don't really know what what they uh, have up their sleeve. I missed that story, you Shaq. I'm going to have to go and have a look for that now. Yeah, it's on Golf Week, and uh, he, he, was, he was good. He, you know, I, he, I see a huge change in Martin Slummer's uh, way of describing the topic, and, and, and from, from the first year to now, he's gone from basically – I don't like this topic. This is this won't grow the game. Kind of the usual. If you take things away from people, it'll it'll hurt the game. To he clearly has. He's a smart guy, and he's thought all these things through. And he realized that was kind of a shallow take, probably. And he has a much more uh, nuanced point of view, and is has clearly evolved in his uh, thinking. So, what that means i don't know but it certainly is encouraging for those who would like to see some mm. some 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 tweaks to the rules to to uh, reward skill yeah indeed and and maybe not make make it the game about all about 
Yeah, I think the most telling comment was that he, he really doesn't want to see the game about chasing technology and the game to be overwhelmed by technology. So that was a pretty strong statement. And uh, but I have gotten no indication what it is that they're that they how they plan to address that. It's, it's been overwhelmed by technology for how long now? Do we think fifteen years? I'd say fifteen to twenty. Twenty. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's the driver head more than anything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Which, so, w- yeah. which we're going to come to in just a moment. But before we do that, does this mean, Shaq, that we need to officially change the start of the drinking game now to when we start discussing skill? skill. Yeah. We- now, I think, that, I think everybody knows that was included, right, Rod? I mean, that's, that was that was coupled in with all the other yeah. ball, distance, yeah. rollback. Indeed. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's protect it. So, well, you mentioned driver's the magic word, and um, I'll be keen to get Clayton's take on this because, of course, it wouldn't have been an issue when he played the game. But this extraordinary story of Xander Schauffele essentially outing himself for having a driver that failed a test that isn't held at any other tournament as far as we can assume on the PGA European tours. They do test, apparently, in Japan um, for this characteristic. What a, Just run us through just quickly, step by step, what happened there, Shaq. There was a bizarre incident. I noticed he's made peace with the RNA, apparently, this week, he said. Yeah, from Memphis. What happened bit, here? Yeah. How did this happen? So what are the implications, in fact, more broadly? Yeah, they had random testing early in the week. And, you know, there were some rumblings that some people failed and there was a narrative that a PXG and two TaylorMade and, and uh, one Callaway driver failed. Uh, later, that, that, that the RNA kind of quietly with, with some riders uh, denied that was the case. Um, anyway, after his Friday round, he was asked a question about his frustration. I think he threw something out about being frustrated and uh, he, he was asked another question and he, he opened up about having his driver tested and being determined to uh, be non-conforming. And he ran it and ran it and, and, and then went into a thing of told some stories about his father being approached by an official asking how the testing was going, thinking that was a sarcastic sort of gloating comment, which I can pretty much guarantee you that no official that I know of that I've met who does the rules of golf would ever do such a thing. Um, their mindset's the total opposite. They, they're, they feel bad when they have to call a penalty. They feel bad when they have to, to enforce something on a player that, that hurts their game. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he, um, he, he, and then another player heckled him jokingly, called him a cheater out loud, like when he was walking on the range. And so he took that and got very upset and, and turned it into the RNA leaked this intentionally to make me look bad. And, um, on and on and on he went. And then he did it again after the Saturday round. And, um, they, I just don't, yeah, they, nobody knew in the press center. Nobody knew until he opened his mouth. That's so, a gold press conference to um, be in, isn't it, Shaq? When something like that happens and you're sitting in the press conference, your eyes widen up and the the pen starts going faster, doesn't it? So this is fantastic uh, yeah. stuff. Wow. So he gave us a gift there. And then, mm. of course, but then you also have to step back and and think um, how, how yeah, I heard from a couple of people who went, you know, I'm tired of these guys living in the bubble. I got text messages reading these stories about him. And, and, it, and it, I had not really thought of it that way until I got those texts. And I realized what they were getting at was here's a guy who's been caught with a club that goes against the rules. 
and he's on the offensive mm. and he's the victim and he's been playing an illegal driver possibly since January. And he's the one acting like he's he's been wrong. The, 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 the victim. And, and I mean, I don't think it was a masterful way to turn the whole thing around. I think he legitimately was mad, mm-hmm. felt picked on, which is the whole field was tested, which would be very cumbersome and, and a great way to make all the other players really hate you. Um, when, when, when you force that testing on people because you were pouting. Um, and then, you know, there's just, there was that, lack of common sense that hey you know this is high tech things happen um they take him right to the line he hit a lot of balls and he hit a lot of balls on the sweet spot he probably altered the driver just being a good player and hitting it on the center of the club face um his manufacturer callaway might have messed up the testing uh, they might not have done a single thing wrong, but he was making them look bad by just bringing this up over and over again. So, but it was it was a, a fascinating sign and, and into and and an indication as to how the modern player thinks. And this is a result of being coddled so much and and being told how wonderful they are and they can do no wrong. And there's a danger in that, and these are the these are the kinds of danger. So I wrote a column on that, just basically saying you need, you really need to be quiet. You're going to make your sponsors look bad. You could get the other players really mad at you, and you could get another player. You know, on the PGA Tour, you any player can ask to have another player's driver tested. Really? Uh, yeah, Ooh, and that's how they do it out there. Nobody ever does. I, no, I was going to say, I mean, well, clearly it never happens. Or. Um, uh, a player might bring one that he he has some thoughts on and one is wondering about. But the the companies, there's protocols now that they can test them themselves. So anyway, that was the point of that later column was just just shut up. You're just going to make this work for yourself. You're threatening to 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 make your peers hate you, and you know just deal with it. It's a and by the way, how do you not have you have access to free equipment? Mm-hmm. Launch monitors. Why does he not have five replica backups? I know they're never all exactly the same, but how is that? How is that not possible? I don't. I just don't understand that. That he didn't have a backup ready. I, I thought every good player, Clates, has a backup ready to go. Oh, when they well, you would think so. Well, yeah, you would think so. Yeah, especially and, um, in there. They got those vans full of. They're practically retail shops. You right. can't fit an so, entire yeah. club out so, of one of those trucks. There's hundreds and exactly. hundreds of. So, so. If you don't carry one, you have them there through Wednesday night to. Yeah. And actually, over there, the the, the the trucks stayed through the entire tournament during the Open mm. uh, every year. That's right, because Speed hit it behind one at Birkdale, remember? Speed, speed <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clates, what did Ivan Lindell used to say about backups? Well, he yeah, he couldn't believe. Remember, Speed, something happened to Speed's driver at Augusta one year? Yes. And he right. was, it was unfathomable to him. A golf pro wouldn't travel with an exact backup right. club driver, or or even I mean, Lendl was so meticulous; he'd have had a whole backup set, you know. But but it, wouldn't, he couldn't you have, have like unfathomable to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, you know, it raises yeah. some interesting questions, though, Clay. So this was never stuff. Obviously, there was no CT testing on persimmon drivers when you played the tour. But this whole this almost added element of the game is players needing to be careful about their equipment this is something i imagine you never would have encountered you just you go to the truck you get whatever you 
need that week, if you need a club replaced or whatever. Is that how it worked? I, I can't oh, no. imagine. Well, well, no, there was the Tom Watson groove thing. Oh, and, of course, Watson true, yeah. did the opposite, just said, well, I need you to a club. He didn't complain at all. You know, so, you know, so, and Ram, who made arguably the best irons in the 70s, when I mean, Watson got done with that, um, the grooves, which were, what, a dollar bill oversized or something? I mean, no, nothing to do with him, no hint of cheating. Uh, a technical mistake by Ram, who were making the clubs probably. Not something that made no difference, but he didn't complain. He just went and got another set of clubs and played with them. Mm, okay, so, so it's, you know, it, it's been done. You know, it's not like this is the first time the manufacturers screwed up and made a club that's over the edge. Well, and again, the club may have been right up to the edge, and there's a very good chance. Um, somebody responded on Twitter to me that, that this has been happening with some of the epics mm. that after they're hit, they go over. Uh, a lot, and he's been hitting it a lot since January, and he hits it. He's a very good <laughs> ball striker, and you can alter the face. This is not, but I mean that that to me that doesn't make that's not that's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. It happens, and mm. it's just so so. Don't make a federal case of it. Mm. Um, be proud of the fact that you you may have altered the the dynamics of your club. <laughs> that you're good at it. That's right. There's... You know, own it that way, yeah. but don't don't sit there and whine and then and then say the system's broken and. And and when you've been playing a club that may have, who knows how long it's been mm. uh, uh, juiced. Mm. It, so just just be quiet. So it's but it but I think the bigger issue is whether this is an epidemic and a, and a, there are a lot of juice drivers and then also are a lot of um, players just just oblivious to how these kinds of things uh, look. I mean Justin Thomas just flat out said it's up to the manufacturers. I liked his I thought that was a good answer and surely it is. Though. And yeah. I mean, it, it, the players aren't. And then you have some occasional testing. Yeah. Um, you did a poll on your site uh, just right in the, I think it was the day after, Shaq, and it was a really interesting, you know, who, who comes out of it looking worse, the player, the manufacturer, or the RNA. And clearly, the people who voted on your poll said Callaway. So we may actually yeah. come to a situation where the manufacturers start to push for more testing or a more organized regime uh, for their own sort of image because they're the ones who've come out. Most sure. people have said we think it's Callaway's fault. And Callaway. Um is, is a company that does not want to ever be going down this path after the ERC driver thing. And mm-hmm. they took such a hit from that uh, that they just, they just do not want to be anywhere near the words non-conforming. And, and again, that's one where, you know, Xander's a young guy, uh, mid-20s. He, 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 he's not aware of those kinds of dynamics. But that's where <clears throat> um, the person that, that takes – 20% of your earnings when they um, <laughs> sign you contracts for you. It's supposed to guide you and say, now, Xander, in the past, this company had a run-in, and they had this guy named Ely Calloway. That's who they named it after. And they really don't want to go down this road again. And so shut the F up and just, <laughs> but these agents are, they're, they're, you know, I, I, they're not helping the situation. We see this over and over again, bad advice or, or lack of advice. And it's, it's, uh, it's going to keep happening. Cause there are, there, there are only a handful of agents out there. You go, yeah, he's, he's really good. He's got a good handle on his player or he and his player talk and they have a, an understanding of, of the of the big picture, but it's a small group. So just to wrap it up, Chuck, do you think, will this bubble away and will we see something happen with this or are we just going to maintain status quo where there's a, virtually no testing except when they come to the Open each year? 
Well, they have they've had testing at the U.S. Open. Um, there have been some raids on trucks, some random uh, PGA Tour, USGA kind of things where they just show up and say, "Hey, we'd like to take some driver heads and test them." Um, I think that's enough. I, I don't see why they need to be mm-hmm. uh, out there policing regularly. It just seems like this—that's a wiser thing to to do. But I I, do, I I don't understand why it's a privacy matter. Why why does he get to? Well, yeah, that, that's a, what was why that is about? he entitled to privacy, right, Clates? I mean, shouldn't everybody know when somebody fails a test? Yep, absolutely. And Jeff Ogilvy told me a while ago that Wally Uline at Titleist was. Um, he would not go anywhere near a illegal line. He, he said, Titus, right. you, know, you know, his view was that Titus will stay well away from the, the, the very edge. So what I read was that this might be right or wrong. That there's, there's a number that they the drivers can't go over. So I think it was like 237, whatever that is. But there's a 20 number tolerance so that it, it can go to 257 and still be legal. And Shoffley's was one over the 257 number. So essentially it was 21, whatever that 21 equates to, over the legal mm. limit. But they've got a 20... A, 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 a tolerance, right, yeah. A, a tolerance of 20. So, so, so his was 21 over. Now, that might equate to one yard or two yards or whatever in, in distance. Right. But it wasn't like it was one over. It was, no. you know, It's like the caddy who, who turns up two minutes late well, yeah. no, you, you, you're actually 17 minutes late because you're supposed to be there 15, 15 minutes, minutes early. 15 minutes early. Yeah. yeah. So, so two minutes late is not two minutes late. It's 17 minutes late. Yeah. It sounds like the same thing to me. Yeah. Nicely yeah. put. Nicely. Uh, Clay, before we, Rob, before we go, Clay, so you've been to Port Rush? No, I never have. Only County okay. Down. And, and I, I, That's I right. should have gone there when I was last That's at right. County Down. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's really good. It, it, yeah. it, it's... Um, uh, do you like match playing courses? I, I think we've discussed that on the pod. Uh, you know, this somebody is arguing oh, about a golf course. Yeah, it's um. Well, that was Ransing, wasn't it? Rand, yeah, Rand, Rand loves the yeah. match play. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I like it. Um, the real trick is though to match the par threes with the. I mean, how do you match the fifteenth at Kingston Heath with the, you know, the par five fifteenth at Woodlands in Melbourne? Sure. Anyway, you know, I mean, they're both great holes, but but if you know, sure. Isn't it better if you match the fives versus the fives? Maybe, the, the, maybe. Rather yeah. than just I mean, one I like versus it one. as a yeah, an exercise. It's uh, it's helpful, but but yeah, it's a very helpful exercise. You know, I, I do it a lot down here with courses we work at, and you know, it, 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 it's funny how I mean, you try and take your bias out of it, but you know, it's funny how there are some fabled courses who don't come out very well when you match play them against courses that aren't so famous. Right, right. And and I did that on the plane flight back with Muirfield and the old course. I didn't do it yet with Carnoustie, but I had Portrush losing to the old course 3-1. and one. Um, and, uh, are you using, me, 3-2. and two. Are you using Clayton's system or are you just going straight first hole? First no, hole, I go second. straight from the first right, hole. Okay. One yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, it's more about just sort of just general. It's the vibe. Man. I don't have much trouble. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Muirfield, I was I, I was very generous, and it, it got it got whooped. Um, but it's still a great golf course. It's a great set of holes. It's just Portrush has so many really great holes, memorable holes. It, it's got quirk. It's it's uh, variety. It, it just got it's got it all. And uh, the new holes were were fit in very well. 
You couldn't and, pick them um, on TV. You, you would right. ne- if someone had said to you watching the television coverage that there were two holes here that were built in the last 10 years, you'd say, right, well, I'll spot them as soon as they come on the TV. There's not a chance you would have picked those two as being new yeah. holes. From yeah, the area's doing well around them too. That helped. And uh, and then they, uh, yeah, the greens were a little busy on, on both, especially the seventh. I think they might quiet the seventh a little mm-hmm. at some point or part of it. Um, but yeah, so it, it was, it was, uh, it's a dynamic course. It really is great. And I got to walk around the Valley course next door a little bit more, which everybody passes on playing cause they've made it there and they want to play Portrush. rush. I would highly recommend people play the Valley if, if you can, it, it, um, it has some just wonderful holes. Uh, but the one big thing over there I heard from people playing golf, uh, on all the golf courses, uh, were the roughs. They, they have. They have major lost ball rough on most of the courses over there, and it's it's um, it's, it's it was fascinating how often I, I would listen to conversations about slow rounds or rounds sort of uh, made less enjoyable by looking for balls all day. Are you talking Ireland so, in general, or yeah, 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 just the Port Marnix and the, oh, actually I take that back. That's the one golf course that that manages its roughs a little mm-hmm. more aggressively, and nobody was. Noting that one, but um, Port Stewart and Castle Rock and uh, County Down, on and on. There were some, some horror stories of long, long, painful rounds. So I don't know how that how that discussion how you how that one goes for the golf industry, but it's it's one that they need to have on a lot of these links. Any obvious reason for that, Shaq or Clates? Even you, you played a lot of golf in Ireland. My recollection of Ireland is a long time ago. I was in Ireland. The, the big difference I thought between Ireland and Scotland, England was much bigger, more dramatic dunes and maybe narrower spaces between them, perhaps. So, But I don't know. Is there any reason why you think there might be? Is it just a course maintenance issue? Are they deliberately not wanting? Well, sometimes it depends on how wet it's been. I mean, if it's a dry summer, it's not so much a problem. But, right. You know, yeah, you last the summer, wet grass, had very low rub. I don't know about Ireland, but in Scotland. Hmm. Um, I think it's the maintenance. I think it's uh, not having the... Uh, the goats out or the rabbits both um yeah port rush port rush could use uh could use a good good it was, burn it was brutal they had place, some, it? yeah it was really brutal you could see <clears throat> you could see uh, it yeah mm. but anyway interesting so just uh now how did that that match play with muirfield how did that go down with uh, some of the muirfield defenders Shaq? did you upset some people because there's a topic i want to come yeah. to yeah <laughs> oh yeah a lot of comments that it's far superior uh, not even close. This and that. I'm like, okay, well, what's well, the accepted uh, wisdom on Milford, isn't it? That it's the best golf in golf terms. It's the best course on the rotor, and I'm sure Jeff Ogilvie told us that on the pod. It's a great. It's uh, a great it's course. It's a wonderful course. I just, but it it when you keep putting holes up head to head against Portrush, mm-hmm. uh, they just keep losing because you you go, oh well, yeah, the the fourth at Portrush. That's really that's really sensational hole. Um, Fourth at Muirfield, ah, it's a nice uphill par three, but it's no, not it's not even you rush. just and you just keep going like yeah. that. Where Port Rush has these really dynamic uh, holes, and uh, Muirfields are very solid, but it really it has just a handful of holes you you really think about and say, wow, that's really a beautiful looking hole. It just it's fun to play. It's interesting. Um. It's it's there's nothing like it in the world anywhere else you know really I there's really only truly one hole at Muirfield I I I think that way of the thirteenth and the rest are all just very good solid holes strong well they're strong yeah. holes too are they they're a real test aren't they Clyde? It's a real strong test 
Well, it sounds like you know, the difference between Kingston Heath and Royal Melbourne mm-hmm. is that Royal Melbourne's got yes, just a exactly. bunch of world-class holes. Kingston Heath maybe has one world-class hole, mm-hmm. but, but it, it's, yeah. it, it, its strength is the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Beautiful bunkering, intimate routing, you know, some terrific par threes. You've got to play well, good strategy. But you, you, you can't pick out, well, that's a great, you know, because it's 16, right. you know, 15, 16 perhaps, but, you know, it's, um, it sounds very much the same. And, and Kings needs a lot like Muirfield. You know, there's not much undulation, but where it is is where their best golf is, you know, 13, 12 probably. Um, you know, but Royal Melbourne's got the port rush run of, you yeah. know, 12, 12 or 13 of the greatest holes in the world, really. Yeah. yeah. Clays, how do you feel about uh, uh, internal OB? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it works at Hoylake because it has to work because there's no way around it. Um, it just didn't it didn't look like it made any sense to me what was going on in the first hole at Hoylake where they were just why was Rory's ball out of bounds? Was there any yeah yeah Port Rush yeah, yeah. ball to be out of, so, sorry Port Rush was was there any reason for his ball to be out of bounds? No, no, it was an old boundary line they they maintained to, to prevent the members from. From griping, but it was just the the execution of it was was not great. It was just a white painted line randomly placed with a couple of random weird movements and um, and I thought it was an example. And the the 18th had these an OB line and stakes just stop on the top of the berm where Max Faulkner hit his ball up against the chain. Uh, excuse me, the oh, barbed wire fence. Yeah, the, the famous and, shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, but if there's a fence there. And you, even if it's a, a man-made boundary, but it feels like it's been there. I think people embrace it, but when it's just a randomly yeah. placed line and stakes, it's it really stands out. And uh, the 18th, it completely changed. Nobody hit it out that I know of, but it took driver out of their hands with any wind at all that was helping or 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 flat conditions. And it's it's tragic because it's a just as beautiful hole strategically you know you hit it down down the left and as far as you can you get this view into the green you don't you're blocked out and the players just made the calculation oh i don't want to flirt with either the ob or the the lousy stance on this kind of funky berm with a lot of grass on it the Mm. risk is not worth it so the, the the ob just took the took the 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 life out of the strategy and and i and i get it they were trying to maintain the history but it was, uh, but it, but it kind of dulled the the, the uh, attack of the of the strategy. And it's a pity because no place, you know, was, was for one of a better word, country, it, the links uses out of bounds better than the the links. Right. I mean, you know, St Andrews uses it brilliantly for the Presswick, North Berwick. I mean, they, they all St George's, Carnoustie, but they all use out of bounds as a great hazard. But it just didn't look like it worked at all yeah. at Portrush. And the down the right on one at Portrush, it's been a boundary forever as well, and it, it works better there. But then you know, then you have the fifth hole that that uh, is just a sensational hole, and which was really interesting. The in the practice round, the guys were just playing driver. They were just all they did was just hit whack driver at the green. But I, once the tournament started, they they. They really pulled back and laid up mostly. It was surprising. They don't do that very often anymore. Yeah, well, Sergio knocked it out over the green, didn't he? The, on right. Sunday. So then they have a silly out of bounds there. And a member, I mentioned it, and a member, well, what would you do? And I, I said, well, it would be a hazard. It's the ocean. <laughs> um, 
and, and the stakes just kind of appear and then they just sort of end it it, it it's just it's just so silly and so you know when everybody's preaching about how the rna doesn't do anything to protect par well you know those ob stakes uh and different things the way they were presented were yeah, they 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 put you on the defensive um so they are sort of anti birdie type things I mean, if they, with the pin that all back on the fifth green, it's really hard for a player to go after oh, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> in a big because event, you just out there. Yeah, Jim right. Jim Furyk hit it out. Yeah, that's right. On uh, uh, Saturday, well, Kepka nearly Ball hit it out, didn't he? Two bounces. He, yeah, he putted yeah. from three feet in front of the in front of the line. Um, one of the days there. What was with the 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 OB on the left of the first? And we saw a staggering number of golf balls going OB on the first, including, of course, Rory's on the first day and Holmes is on the last, among others. What was the story with that show? Is that always there, that OB? Or is that put there? Was it moved? Yes, yeah. yeah. So it used to be a plot of land the club did not own, and now the club owns. But historically, they always played it as it had, had a fence, and they played it as uh, out of bounds, and they've just kept that. <clears throat> and that's fine, except that they, they, they don't really have a nice way of defining it. And so the problem is you, you can hit a shot, and you know the, there's nothing more offensive to a golfer than – having people tell you, oh, we play it as it lies, and we play it as it lies, and blah, blah, blah. And then it's all about uh, not touching your ball and being able to just play it as it lies. Ah, except right here. <laughs> We're not going to give you that option. That's right. <laughs> and, it, and it's offensive. It's, and, and on a course that good. And the, by the way, the first hole is a uh, – you know, the first and the last hole, uh, now granted, not normally the, it didn't used to be the last hole, but – those are usually the weakest holes on most of the open road courses, and and they're they're two very strong holes mm. at at Portrush. Yeah. It's very uphill second shot, and uh, a really uh, nice starting hole. Other than that, other than the OB, and it kind of decided the the tournament really on Sunday. I mean, if Tommy had made that putt and yep. Larry had missed it, yeah. he'd lost he'd lost three shots in fifteen minutes. It would have been a much different day, I suspect, but. You know, it went yeah. the other way, and that was, in in retrospect, that was the end of it. But you know, it was a, it, w- it could have been a huge swing there because he had two great shots in there, didn't he, Fleetwood? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he looked really anyway, nice. but yep. uh, yeah, very, very, very good spot, and uh, I'm glad they had a very successful open. And we'll see what happens next time we go because I think it's it's pretty much accepted it's going back, isn't it, Shaq? It's not going to be another sixty-eight years. Uh, before we oh yeah, no, they they are obligated to, to visit two more times. It's just a matter of of how quickly they do it. Right. But I I sense it'll be the money they invested in various things there. They will want to see their return quickly, and and they enjoyed uh, they enjoyed making money, and they enjoyed big crowds, and and I think they just enjoyed. Work. It sounds to me like the club was really nice to work with. It. it I really didn't hear anything that suggested they uh, there, there were many negatives. Huge tick in the success column. Now, uh, I I mentioned that uh, Muirfield versus Portrush and the thing you did there and upset some people because I was staggered by this, and this speaks to a whole bunch of stuff, and I'll come to Clates on the people needing to love their own mud heap, but it feels like this might have gone a little bit too far. Kyle Porter sent out a tweet, I think it was on Sunday, Shack. it was a picture of Portrush, and I think he just said something about, well, isn't it isn't it jarring to think that this time next week we'll be in Memphis for the WGC event? The internet went insane. People yeah. telling him that he hates children with cancer because yeah. the tournament yeah. raises money for the hospital. What was that about? What was your take on that? 
just I couldn't make any sense of. Uh, there was a column in your own magazine, Golf Week, that a local bloke wrote. Yeah, the local paper. Yeah, it's a Gannett-owned paper. Uh, yeah, he wrote he wrote an opus. Uh, that was the longest column I've ever read about. Uh, I mean, he got a lot out of that. <laughs> all, all Kyle should have done differently was said the TPC Southwind versus um, versus Poor Rush, yeah. but. You know, there's a there's kind of a history of of um, yeah. There was a famous columnist here in Los Angeles who who loved to. Uh, he was from New York, and he would he would write columns uh, crapping on other cities, generally Midwest ones, and <laughs> it was a uh, an ongoing thing. I and mean, there's always been a sensitivity there that well, they're flyover states and this and that, and and um, and so they're they're defensive about the fact that uh, maybe people don't really want to come there well anybody in their right mind had to know that one poor rush looked amazing they're playing the south the tpc at southwind this week um it's a tournament that's just sort of created for fedex and it's a money grab and none of the players really want to be there and and so yeah it's just it's not exciting, and and uh, they're trying to tell us that it is, and convince us this is a good thing. And yes, the charitable dollars are great. It's a great cause. It's a city that's been devoted to the tour for a long time. We know all that. Um, but to pick on, to be mad at Kyle for essentially saying what most people were thinking was uh, sort of sad. In golf terms, you can't really compare it. We want to see that sort of passion, though, don't we? People from people, Clades people need to have that affection and. It's kind of what makes clubs and and courses and places improve. I don't think TPC Southwind is ever going to be a terrific golf course in that sense, certainly not compared to Portrush. But the passion's admirable, isn't it? But it's just perhaps a little bit misplaced in this case. I was staggered by the response. Yeah. That's just a terrible date. I mean, you know, FedEx oh, – Jeff, why wouldn't FedEx make it one of the one of the playoff events? If, if they, you know, why wouldn't it be the first playoff event? Yeah, I just I don't know. They wanted this, and they wanted a WGC, and this is what was engineered. And next year, it's probably going to move between the U.S. Open and the and the and the, the Open Championship, and they still won't get everybody. Uh, I think the bigger question is 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 the schedule is it going to work long term? And I think the first year reaction is that it's not that that uh, the majors are too condensed. Well, Tiger's and, complained, hasn't he? Tiger's complained. Rose has complained. Oh uh, no, Tiger hasn't really complained. He just hasn't played. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Rose he certainly. Message that way, Rose's comments had to just really uh, upset uh, the tour. But but I mean, when you you know, it's funny is he he made the comment. We built this whole schedule around FedEx and the the playoffs, uh, but actually, Justin. The, the the thing that really makes it bad uh, is not that they're putting money into the game and making you guys richer and trying to create a competition and and no the the real reason it's bad is that we're trying to avoid American college and pro football and so our major schedule in golf has been altered for other sports and um, that to me is a bigger a more scandalous notion. Um, not that, that golf did it for another uh, golf thing, but for something that isn't even in the, in, the, in this sport. And again, the ratings speak volumes. That's when people stop watching here in the U.S. But uh, but they're not going to stop playing golf, are they, Shaq? They're just going to stop playing, you know, their flagship events. So 
Right. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, I, mean, I haven't gone through the numbers yet, but, but I've, I've started to. And the strength of field in these events the week before the majors, uh, just in the first glance, has taken a, a bit of a hit this year. The Scottish was actually up a little bit, but um, otherwise the, the week before is, is uh, hurting. And that was not thought, nobody anticipated that happening like it, it played out. Mm, but you can't know any of this stuff until you actually do it, can you? I mean, Xander Schauffele didn't play between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. He's, what, 25? 20, yeah, 24. Um, 24 25, yeah. So here's one of your, your young stars, and, and he decided to just save his energy. And so what's going to happen? I, I don't see that changing. I, I, I just don't. So they're going to have a problem. There's a real shift towards players playing less, though, isn't there? Tiger probably set the bar. We know Adam Scott is a very sporadic you know, player. That seems to be yeah, catching I on. Yeah, I don't know if it's playing less or if it's just distributing their their golf in a balanced way, and that is now exposed by this condensed schedule. So when they when they spread their wealth of their year, of their appearance wealth, uh, of them showing up at these tournaments, if you will, from January to December, they're probably playing about the same. But in the in this condensed schedule and the big windows, we're seeing it exposed because there there may be the things they might have skipped at other places. They're now skipping in the in the heart of the season, mm. in the major season. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I suppose when you, when yeah. you compress it to you, the, the one thing about golf is you always had a couple of marquee players at almost every event, didn't you? Because it suited some people for whatever. But when you compress everything, you have a lot more of the top players taking the same weeks off, perhaps. So it, it looks. It's Correct. very obvious when you look as well. Clay, scheduling in your day, I guess, was a, you just had to keep playing because you had to. I'm, I know you've told us you used to play week after week after week after week after week. Do you reckon you would do it differently or have done it? Where does scheduling fit into a professional player's career? I'm guessing it's not something you ever gave much thought to, but should you have? No, we just played. But it's a law of unintended consequences, which is the fact that they're playing for so much money means they don't have to play every week. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in the old days, you had to play a lot to accumulate. So you know, it was hard to get to $100,000 in. I mean, I'm, I remember when $100,000 was a massive year on the US tour. So those guys had to play a lot to you know, make a decent income. But now they don't have to play very much at all, mm. especially if you get off to a good start. You, you know, if you can get to two or three, you know, $2 million or a $1 million before Christmas, i.e. by winning one of the whatever they call them, fall series things, then, you know, you've got, if you've played well, you've got two or three or four million up by May. Yeah. And plenty of FedEx so, Cup points. So. And you, you know, the FedEx Cup, and you can go and charge a foreign tournament $500,000 to have you play for a week, <laughs> and right. you've made a pretty nice income. You've got your Wyndham Rewards points are up. There's a lot to be said yeah. for playing well early in the how, season. How many Wyndham Rewards? Didn't Sam Snead win the Wyndham Rewards thing eight <laughs> times? No, the, yeah, the, yeah. The he Wyndham would Classic have. eight times? Yeah. When it was called the Greens were open, yeah. the Greens yeah. were open. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. If he could, I'm sure he'd claim his Wyndham reward points too, Sam. Um, he wouldn't be one to one <laughs> if he could oh, do yeah. it posthumously. He'd be grabbing with. But what's going to happen, Shaq? Will we, is, are we stuck with the schedule for a while? Do you think there'll be some changes? What do you reckon? Uh, well, it'll be the same next year with the Olympics because part of this mm. was driven by the Olympics as well. Yeah. Besides the football thing, but after this, after next year. And by the way, the the men's golf competition starts 11 days after the end of the Open next year. So you're going to have uh, similar issues, uh, and you're going to have people skipping the playoffs and all that. But I think it's going to have to change. I, I don't see 
this being sustainable unless they drop a few events and lose lose a a WGC or something. But it it, it these rank and file tournaments that are where the sponsorship is still very expensive and getting uh, lousy fields is just not gonna. And no, en- not gonna and no energy or attention from the tour. It feels like the tour is entirely focused on this FedEx coming. You can sort of understand that, but yeah. just this notion of getting it over, getting the big stuff out of the way before football, and just let the fall season, you know, just just you know, flounder there against football. That's well, almost what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah, but that was fine. If it, the the problem is, they just keep adding events in the fall to make it a year round schedule. So. The idea, I mean, one of the reasons was to also just ha- have the golf go away yeah, at that point when everybody's excited about a bunch of different sports, U.S. Open tennis. Yeah, it's just a great, it's probably my favorite sports time of the year. Football season starting, uh, you, you know, people have hope for their college teams, the U.S. Open, the baseball pennant races. Um, there's just all these incredible things going on, and then golf is is trying to be part of that. Well, now the, the, the idea of the schedule was to go just disappear during that, but then they just keep adding events. So uh, what happens? They never say no. So what happens if the men's event is eleven days after the Open, and the women are now playing two consecutive majors plus the Scottish? Yeah. What does the Olympics do to their schedule next year? It must be a complete mess. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm assuming the – well, I don't know. That's a good question. The Women's yeah. Open may, uh, have, may be moving. That may be helping that. But, but yeah. the Scottish is, is at the same venue as the men's, so, and it's played, what, two weeks, two weeks after the, the – no, uh, two weeks after the Scottish Open. The oh, the women are two weeks after the men at the Scottish three. Open, I see what you say. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Or th- okay, so three weeks, yeah. Okay. Uh, just back course, to the earlier... Because, uh, anyway. Yeah, of course... It's the, it's rid- let, let me go. It's ridiculous that women are playing two majors in a row, too, yeah. right now. It's, it's complete insanity. Although, in, although I know this was sort of pointed out to me, that the, the LPGA is in a bit of a different boat, particularly with scheduling and stuff. It makes some sense for them to come and play sort of three or four. For the men, they come from the States. You've got the, the Irish Open, the Scottish Open, and then the Open. You don't have that opportunity for the women, do you? The LET doesn't have any events apart from well, the Scottish Open is now LPGA co-sanctioned. They don't have the events to to put on, so it makes some sense to bring the whole circus over for three weeks. Is there not some? Is that not so, somewhat right. reasonable? Well, and, and probably the if the Evian wasn't a major, you wouldn't be saying, saying, calling it a problem at all. It just that's right. If it was just a, a big, a, if it was still just a, the second biggest purse in women's golf without being a major, yeah. um, that yeah, would be different. It's, just, so. it's kind of a fake major, isn't it? Yeah, really? well, kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean I know they're trying, and, and right. not to take anything away from them, they've invested a lot of money and all the rest of it. But the, the truth is, if you, if you put it up against the, the actual tests of what makes a major, it it fails sadly. Which is no knock on anybody, but it's just you can't invent a major in 2013 and expect it to just yeah. stick. Um, particularly when it doesn't have anything in the way of the course to recommend it, and there's, there's there's other issues with it as well. So, yeah, I think the women are in a, a somewhat different position. Anyway, what I was going to say was that fall season, isn't that the perfect opportunity for international golf? If the US Tour would just give it a break, we could oh, do something are. with that here, couldn't we, Clates, and, and in Europe and other parts of the world? It would be the perfect scenario. Golf goes away in America for a while, and it comes to the rest of the world. Well, it would be, yeah. It certainly hurts the Australian Tour that, you know, they get... Well, I mean, you know, the best Australian players are stuck playing over there a lot. So it makes it, you know, it's certainly trashed out to it. 
Might work for us a bit better this year, Clayson, as much as if they start earlier. A lot of Australians can get six weeks into the tournament and say, well, actually, you know what? I'm going okay. I can afford to go home and play the Open and the PGA. Whereas in the past, they've been, it's been third or fourth event of the year and they just can't afford to risk yeah. you know, not getting their well, points up. So perhaps it might well, work. Because of the President's Cup, the PGA, I think, finishes on the 22nd of December this yeah, year. It's, it's almost Christmas by the time it's done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just a mess. Not right. ideal. No, not ideal. Uh, we're not going to solve those problems here, unfortunately. Uh, two quick questions for you, Shackleford. What is fantasy golf? We don't really have it here in Australia. I, think. I saw a story on your website that the tour is aligned with DraftKings. Is that a good thing? Should we be interested in that? Is it Does it do anything worthwhile for the game? And secondly, what about this skins game in Japan? Tiger, Day, McElroy, Matsuyama, I think in October. This is part of this golf TV deal that, that Tiger's got, is he? And it's got to be played outside the US because golf TV's not shown in the US. What's going on with that? Fantasy golf first. Then yeah. That to us. And they're trying to find a US view, uh, uh, outlet, I think, they're going to add. Uh, but yeah, no, that's just part of his deal with that. And then that's it, the, the new PGA Tour event in Japan. Uh, so it's a way to sweeten the deal for him so that uh, the whole thing is a lucrative uh, episode in his life and he'll be able to uh, you know, pay the yacht uh, captain. It's remarkable his, uh, efficiency <laughs> the way they make yeah. these things work. Uh, it's extraordinary. Yeah, So, but I was just glad to see the skins being used again. Me I just too. don't know if the, the, the money will get any attention because as we've discussed, the, 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 the dollar figure that would have to actually make somebody throw a putter into the sky like Jack Nicholas did in the first skins game uh, with these guys would, would be an astronomical number. So there's that. Um... What was the other uh, event? The fantasy goals. Why don't they play for oh, FedEx yeah, Cup yeah. points, Shaq? If they played for FedEx Cup points, you might see some emotion, mightn't you? In this yeah, case? I chuckled when <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau, his solution on the driver, yes, is uh, is is let the, let the person keep the trophy and the win <laughs> and the check, but uh, but but just uh, you know, but but just dock them some points. Uh, <laughs> like really, uh, yeah, it's, uh, anyway. I mean, I like the thing. And by the way, we've we've thrown this out. It's been mentioned either in press room chats or or in some stories about using FedEx Cup points for um, for penalties. You know, small oh, the carrot and stick, and it's and the stick. The tour uh, has not shown a lot of interest in that. There you go. Just the honestly, like- Clates, what are you doing in the background there? Nothing. Are you smashing up your house? What or is that you, Shaq? Someone smashing up their house and kicking a dog? Some the coffee machine on. Ah, the coffee machine. There you go. That would explain. Coffee machine. Yeah, enjoy your coffee. Right now, tell us about fantasy golf because I'm intrigued by this and what's happened. Well, it's it's what's really been a big part of the NFL's growth in the United States, and it's something that I've I've written about a lot because the old commissioner Tim Fincham. Uh, was just against all forms of gambling. So the tour, whenever they've done leagues and and ways that you can week to week, uh, essentially gamble on the sport by by drafting a player and or having a group of friends and have a, a little league week to week. Uh, they've always had just ridiculous. You know, the prizes have been a dozen balls and all these just meaningless things. So DraftKings is has has really built up a a, a pretty interesting set of games to 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 have leagues and to follow the sport. I'm not in one of theirs, but I know enough about it that I know it's working pretty well. And um, so I think it's great that the tour is doing something with them because they seem to have a better understanding 
than the tour to, to, of, of how to put on a game that, that makes people want to watch. I mean, the idea is that it, it makes you a little more attached mm. to watching the golf. You're a little more invested. I believe engagement was the, engaged, is the buzz. That's right. you got to be engaged. Now, um, and it's just done wonders for the NFL that people, of course, the only problem is now whenever you see highlights, you have to know the yardage of the touchdown pass because the fantasy numbers are based off of those things. Uh-huh. And um, you end up getting probably more information than you really need. But I think it's excellent for, for golf and um, a smart a smart move because I'm, I'm not sure the sports betting thing is going to turn out to be the panacea, the, the, the incredible revenue source they all think it will be even as slow as golf is it's very hard to bet as it goes but a fantasy league you just you know you have your players each Mm. week and they're assigned a salary and you have to pick some guys who are a bargain and you have to pick some stars and uh and you turn on the the television and you have your little leaderboard and you go oh yeah i'm I'm rooting for so-and-so this week because he's on my uh, roster and it's just it's as simple as that it's nothing that deep, but it just just makes you a little more interested. The, the reason I'm interested, is, Clates, I suspect you and I aren't the target market. It's not the sort of thing I need to sort of make me interested in the week to week golf. But I'm intrigued. I feel like that makes some sense. For we constantly bang on about you know the ways to make golf more interesting. All we dish up is 72 hole stroke play on golf courses that look the same week in and week out. This at least is something that is actually directed at the the fans, isn't it? I, I kind of like the idea of this, and I. I think that's a positive move from the tour. I don't think you're going to join one. I don't think I will either. I don't know if we can from here in Australia, but oh, I can see Clates yeah. getting into the numbers. <laughs> I, I like mind. the concept. I think I like the, the the intent of what they're trying to do. I guess is what I'm getting at, Clates. More of that would be good, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, but there's lo- I mean, there are lots of guys who have those kind of betting pools where you get to pick five or six players for the right. majors, and I mean, I mean that goes around a lot in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, really it's, just, it's just not a week to week yeah. thing, I suppose. Is it's it? It's a more no. organized one. They'll have better prizes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. As I said to you, Shaq, if it can make the John Deere interesting, it's got to be a good initiative. Well, that's the idea. So, yeah, why, why would anybody in their right mind sit down to watch the WGC FedEx at St. Jude? It's hot, although they were they were touting that it wasn't hot today. It's still in the mid-'80s. Uh, why, why would anybody sit down and really watch that? But if you have that little investment in it mm-hmm. in your league and you want to rib your, your buddy about, you, you know, you pick Ches Revy and he – shoot 63 today those are little things that that get you in, involved and and i don't think there's a danger i don't think anybody's gonna you know when there's actual straight betting on players i think that's where you could get in trouble with mm-hmm. somebody heckling a player yep. um yeah that was discussed i guess the img has advocated for years that the rna have on-site betting at the open um, which which seems like a terrible idea to me, uh, especially when you can just walk into whatever the town is nearby and bet there, and that's fine. Um, and, uh, and by the way, I didn't cash one ticket this year. It was just absolutely painful. Who'd you uh, back? Oh, I had a mix of things, but I had two spectacular bets. Um, that that and one came down to the last day, a five pound bet that would have paid seven hundred fifty five pounds and. I needed Matt Wallace to finish in the top twenty. My other, it was a, some random bet, and uh, but it was fun. It was a fun little parlay. But if I had just bet straight on Matt Wallace on site, I mean, I wasn't going to go out there and heckle him. But I could see somebody having and and player caddies have all talked about this. They can hear people talking about five, you know, five bucks on this tee shot hitting uh-huh. a fairway or not. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's 
that gets into a very dangerous thing with golf where you could have people very easily tainting the competition. But fantasy leagues, a little harder to do. Yeah. No, I said I'll. And there's, not, there's no incentive. There's, no. You know, it's I like the, the, the concept. Yeah. My advice it's been would be. Terrible for, sorry. It's, if, if you follow the road of tennis, it's been terrible for tennis. So right. Don't, the betting. Don't oh, get, it's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Horrific for tennis. Yeah. So don't get on that road. No. Well, it's do. actually. I mean, I don't see golfers tanking it uh, the way you can in tennis with a match. Um, so that, and the tour's got a whole program to monitor that and integrity thing. Um, but I'll tell you, the caddies must be licking their chops because they know so much stuff. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, there was probably somebody who knew that, that Xander Schauffele was testing drivers and watching him on the range. Like, well, don't bet on him this week. You know, they, they have a lot of information they pick up that, that will be how they manage all that will be really interesting. Mm. On this whole, it's just a can uh, of worms, it isn't it? The, yeah, the, there was no need to open, and yet it's now open. But you know, the, <laughs> it's just really um, a can of worms. Well, yeah, especially because the early returns on sports betting have have shown that at least the people trying to build businesses at hotels and the in person thing is not happening. It's, it'll all be over the phone. So I just don't think the revenue is going to be there because I think we discussed with the match. If you're trying to bet live betting as the competition's going on a shot, you know, will he hit the fairway or will he make this putt? It's slow as golf moves. It doesn't quite move slow enough mm. to, to, to do all that unless somebody designs a really good app. So we'll, we'll see. I, I just revenue wise, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be something that, um, that, that, that's a huge deal. For, for, and of course I'm saying that thinking of the charitable dollars, of course. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. That, that, that's yeah, that, yeah. What, that's what the entire tour is about, Shaq. And always, oh, that's the only reason. Always has been. Let's wrap it up. My advice to you, Shaq, don't heckle Matt Wallace. Right, are you going ever. to Scotland soon? No, not till next year. Oh, next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there next year. Oh, your luck. I'll ask you about that when we finish today. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to Scotland next year. We'll have to... Uh... Well, I have some P- I had some sources at Portrush that revealed... Uh... Yeah. The Clates would be coming that way at some point. Did you play much or go and see much while you were in Ireland? I, didn't, apart from I did, not, did not bring my clubs. I did. Um, I decided to do sightseeing, so I, okay. I and I took in. Uh, How was that? I, I thoroughly enjoyed. it. I was so glad I did, especially listening to everybody confirmed exactly what I feared, which was they they got tired of being stuck behind slow Americans and. I thought, you know, of all the years to do golf in Ireland, and 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 now I and I got better intel on on the, the lesser known things that I do need to see. Um, I was so glad I did not do that this year because it was very much uh, overtaken by Americans and price gouging and all that stuff. So, um, so no, I, I loved doing sightseeing in Dublin and taking in kind of the all the the the, the writer uh, related things and. Uh, I saw Shane O'Donohue at this uh, very famous uh, uh, pub in Dublin at uh, a lunchtime one day. It was a, it's a place that's in James Joyce novels, and and uh, he had just played with some Americans at Port Marnock, and they were going to go play another AT. And he was just like, "Guys, why why don't you come into Dublin and and enjoy the city a little bit and get immersed in the the culture a little bit?" And <laughs> they looked at him like he was nuts. So he he was he was impressed that I was trying to to get a sense of Ireland and 
and and the Irish before I got there, and I was really glad I did. I I, I just the people were fantastic. Good on you. It's a fantastic place. I loved it. We we did too much golf probably too when we were there because you you had that feeling. Oh, I'm going to be here for a week, and we've got to pack in as much golf as we can. But the place itself is fantastic. And just on that, before we finish up, huge hat tip to your colleague Eamon Lynch, whose coverage this week on a daily basis, just knocked it out of the park, I thought. Jeff, from the political stuff to the Shane Lowry profiles, the stories day in and day out, I thought he did. He really stood out this week. He really shone. I mean, he's always fantastic, but he was... Well, you know, when you produce one thing a day, you better do a yeah. good job. <laughs> there are others of us who are churning out, just getting the content, getting the hits. Now, now, just because uh, he was good weird. doesn't mean you weren't. He was, was great. No, 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 I'm jealous. That's envy. Um his first story of the week about the Troubles and the history of Northern Ireland was fantastic. I think it was a really important one for a lot of us yeah. to read as to, you know, it, set, it, it painted a picture that I think a lot of us weren't familiar with and, and full marks to him. I thought he was terrific. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he, he's one guy you can retweet without reading it, knowing it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. His lynch is good. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah, but exactly. it, it is an interesting time with golf media. I mean, if you look at the, the things I did last week, the things I really enjoyed writing about, and 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 they, you know, they did fine because all the, all we, we get traffic reports now and all these things from our publications and and what gets picked up. But you know, I, I had two items that I probably spent a combined twenty minutes writing. You know, one about eh, I should say a little longer than that because I went back and added on Duval's ninety one after he came and spoke to us. But a thing on Duval, a thing on Rory's OB. And the numbers those did are just ridiculous. And I justified my existence probably on that. But uh, uh, and so I'm just jealous that Eamon just, just writes his one column a day and, and, uh, yeah. and they're outstanding. And, and uh, You've opened I the would gate. like to, You've opened the gate there, like Shaq, to, about media, haven't you? It, are we approaching the time where common sense will finally prevail, where the greatest number of hits is not necessarily the dictator of what is the best no, content? No. Come no, on. We're not. No, we're not there yet. But but uh, you know, I would if we really broke down like all the things that I covered during the tournament, I tried to make sure though that I did things that justified the reason to be there to take you to tell you something you weren't going to get from from television or somebody sitting at home just just churning out the content. Um, but no, it's all it's all a numbers game with all these things now and uh, till it changes. So that's why uh, a lot of people just kind of turn out the same thing. But, you know, but, but I also say um, when we do stuff now, I, I sit there and say, well, you know, that, I ask the question, is this something that people at home are going to want? When they're sitting around at the golf course, let's say they were watching after the round, and they're, they're saying, hey, I heard Rory made an eight on the first hole, uh, you know, well, what the hell? Well, we, we need to have a story up that, that explains that. That's what we do. And so it, it's uh, it, it's just you have to try to take some pride and put a, a different spin on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I kept uh, – I still might do it on my website. But, like, uh, the Nelly Bunker, which I don't know if you guys know much about, it's an unbelievable bunker at Port Rush, and there it was, sitting behind a fence, and it was like a storage area. It was so sad. <laughs> it's <was> great. <laughs> you felt an, bunk- an emotional attraction to a bunker, up. right? Yeah. Well, it it, it, it was a – I mean, when, when my dad and I played there in 1987, it was the thing that just I didn't – I did not forget. It was one of the most famous bunkers in golf. 
It's two stories high. And there it was sitting behind this horrible fence. It's just been abandoned, essentially. It's so sad. And I started a Q&A with Nellie, the bunker. <laughs> oh, and as I was sitting there, and we have an editor, and, and she she's new new to golf. And I thought, no, no. I better not. She'll, she'll think I've lost my mind. <laughs> give her, give I, her a year I, to get used to your first shot before yeah, you start. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that Michael Bamberger or Darwin, they would have yeah. had some fun with that. Longhurst. He did some good they stuff too, Bamberger. I thought that the little video they made him do, he didn't look particularly comfortable in front of the camera, but I thought he did a fantastic yeah. job of relaying what's great about going to the UK once a year as an American. I thought he did oh, a really okay. good job of that. No. Um, there was some really, uh, really good stuff. So, hmm. Yeah. Let's but, not- I mean, it's yeah, and I don't know. You know, We all have to do a video now, which I can't fathom why anybody watches, but we do it. And... Um isn't that still in the we, phase of because we can? I, it, there's so much work. To do video properly is so much work and so expensive. Surely at some point people are going to go, do you know what? It's just not worth it. You don't get the return. Well, I mean, you, I'm doing it on my phone. I, I bring a microphone and this. I brought a tripod that unfortunately on Sunday uh, would not stay up because of the wind and the rain. But um, So it's not a big uh, right, so process for me. But you look at it and go, well, like, what is this? This time now, I did go out and do a video on the 16th hole, which we put photographs over because we didn't want to violate the video recording thing. But that did great traffic because mm-hmm. people wanted to kind of hear about the course; they yeah. want to learn about it. So, yeah, it's well, a weird time. That's it, is the moral. A, it is a very weird, it's a very weird time in the media. We'll keep plugging away with our podcast because uh, people seem to like it, and we got requests to do this one, so we've done it now. Let's wrap it up. Well, we're kind of busy fall. I can tell we're going to have the distance. Well, yeah, you're, you're hinting. You think something's, there's going to be an announcement of some sort? You Is this going to yeah. coincide with this distance report this year? Is well, that what we're... Okay. And you think there'll be something in there? I don't know. what You know, that's what I don't understand is will, they'll, will they come up with a solution or will they just share the results and then we have to do another year of what is, what is the solution to, to address this result? I don't know. Yeah, every time you start on it, though, it's so complicated, Jack. The complexities are, and I mean, it's a simple issue in as much as we know what the problem is, but the solution is so convoluted because of the yeah. the players Which that are involved. Which is why it'll be the latter. I think they'll throw it out there, and then we'll have to spend a year. If they had, if they'd come to some sort of resolution with the manufacturers, which ultimately is what's going to have to happen, and that's going to have to happen in conjunction with the tours. There's just, pragmatically, there's no other way to do it. The tour has to be on board, and the manufacturers have to be on board, which means money's going to have to change hands going from one side to the other. If they'd been nutting all of that out, there's no way. If they can't keep Xander Shoffley's driver test secret, there's no way. There's no way we wouldn't have heard something. I can't believe that they've come up with a solution, but that's, ultimately that has to be the solution, doesn't it? The tours, the manufacturers, and the, the, the governing body sit down, and the governing body say, we're going to give you all this money to make up for the fact that we're taking this away, which is what you think you make your money out of. The, I can't see any yeah. other potential solution. That's got to be all there is. So, Well, the group, it's a small group, and they've just kept – I mean, I've tried. I, I joke with them. I ask, I mean, is it going to be the driver head? Is it going to be the ball? I'll throw out things, and I, I just get a smile and nothing. So, uh, And they may not know. They may not know. Um, they may say, "Look, now that we've determined this is the case, these are the we want to try this. We want to have a well, we're going to have a tournament with a rolled back ball, and we're going to really it's going to be very public, even though they've done it before. There's going to be a tournament with a smaller driver head if the manufacturers will make it. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know how they'll do it, but I sense that's what they'll then spend the next year 
doing. I feel like the weight of public opinion is starting to follow them. Maybe that's the yeah. bubble that we live yeah. in, but I certainly feel more and more and more people look at the, particularly the driving distance figures and the clubs that players are hitting into greens. And just, more and more people are saying, really, this is there's something not right about this. The, well, uh, let's see. What was our last pod recorded? Because I believe since then... Just before the Irish Open with McGinley. Yeah, the baseball situation unraveled quickly with with their um, juiced ball. And I and I, I don't know how much you got. You probably didn't follow it, but but one of the players just came right out and said it. And there were a lot of attacks on the commissioner. And and, and, and you know, if golf really cared and really understood the dynamics, they would have been watching that and seeing how what a bad look that was for for baseball. Um, and it's all the same stuff. The only difference is their situation is actually injuring spectators now because of the way they've moved to launch angle baseball. The ball is exiting harder because guys are swinging a certain way. And not not not, calling for? There was (laughs) Not calling for? for. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. To inject that. That was where the baseball coach said, you might as well just stamp tightest on the side of this ball. Yes, yes, Joe Madden, okay. very famous. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, so, he was and, one of them. And, and he's and, a golfer, by the way. He's a big golfer. Yeah, and perhaps that, you know, we saw the distance thing with Tiger, and everyone was so enamored with Tiger, but the results right. being Kepka, and now everyone's not so enamored with watching yes. Kepka because exactly. as good as he is, he's actually not grabbing anyone's imagination. And they yeah. can see that, you know, this is a result of we're just going to get these bull-like men and we're going to devour golf courses. And we're actually not that excited about watching him play. No, no. no so so the a... Tiger, you know, the Tiger distancing was, had everyone enraptured for a lot, but now the inevitable result is that is Kepka and, you know, Johnson, and we're not finding that particularly exciting to watch. Unsurprisingly. Well, and that's the thing that you, you, is you, is you know, I'm sure you've had it in these arguments. That, but, but Tiger, it was partly exciting because he was much longer than other people when he needed to be. And, and now it's just so hard to differentiate yourself that way. So the distance isn't that exciting. And Cameron Champ got people excited because he is noticeably longer on paper. In person, it's not. But on paper, he is. And now he has back problems. So, um, yeah. But, you know, we all know there's a whole bunch of 16-year-olds out there who are aiming at 130 miles an hour club oh, speed, speed. 200, speed, balls, speed. 200 ball speed. And then, it, I mean, right. that's actually what the game needs is, is the, the next jump to complete insanity. And then they'll be forced to do something then because it will be a joke. Well, what do you? What, what would that be? Are you saying like kids caught using steroids, or parents <laughs> get them to? No, no, kids who are at one thirty and two hundred, and they're oh, yeah. carrying three seventy yards in the air. Yeah, and, and then finally, you know, it needs to make that next final leap before everyone can see. No, this is stupid. Yeah, you know, I, know. I mean, for us, it went past. That yeah, that 15, was about fifteen years ago. <laughs> but you know, for the mass population who. You know, like you're getting the first hot Royal Melbourne and you're waiting for the guys to clear the green. Like, I know this is stupid. This is just beyond ridiculous. Well, I mean, it'll get there. Well, the, prob- there. the problem is it's generational, Clayton. So you've got a generation of players who would 
who would who are absolutely adamant that as things are right now is absolutely fine, and that I don't know what we're talking about. So it's, it's rolled over a generation. Uh, yeah, but but yeah. you can't be. But you, but the game's got to listen to wiser heads than twenty five year old kids right. who aren't grown up who know nothing about golf, apart from the fact that you can make a lot of money out of it. Yeah, and and, bored, and you get it? paid a lot of money by manufacturers not to talk about it. Yeah. If you yeah. think, it, even if you think there might be something wrong with it, which they don't. So you know, the, the game has not listened to Thompson and Nicholas and Watson and Weisskopf and Shackleford and Core and Crenshaw and Woods, yeah. Woods and Ogilvy yeah. and Clayton and Nick Price and you know th- their opinions are completely irrelevant to, in, in the face of Xander Shoffley. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The game is needs to be more virtuous than that. Which is no knock on Xander, but the point I no, think is well, well, he's well for made. Example, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keegan Bradley or you know, yeah, whoever. Yeah. Well, but no, but 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 we're in this situation because we have allowed these players to take that stand because that's what their the manufacturers want them to do, and they have no interest in the the big picture and and. <laughs> And and it's amazing that, that Nicholas has been allowed to be belittled for his stance by people who've come along later who haven't won you know won one ten thousandth of the golf tournaments that he's won and uh, and and that allow, allowing that to go on is was was kind of pathetic and even Tiger I mean I, you know now you get it with the, oh see Tiger's only only interested in a rollback because he can't hit it as far anymore. Like no, no, and by I, I I'm predicting, but right now on this show, Rory is the next player who will who will just. Ooh. I mean, he has before at select times made comments about the silliness of 8,500 yards and chasing distance, but I sense the way he's going, where he's reading a lot. Um, he he made a nice shout out on uh, his podcast with Carson Daly about our feature that aired on the golf channel on uh, Chandler Egan and Pebble beach. And the fact that he was watching that on Wednesday night of the, the tournament, I thought, and, and he really absorbed it. Uh, he's the next one to, to, to make the, uh, the leap on the distance Rory. thing and just go, this is just stupid. Yeah. For welcome. The game. Welcome Rory. Welcome with open arms. I mean, friend. I think he's always been there deep down inside, but as he's just, he's just reading a lot hmm. uh, of a lot of books and he's, uh, looking at his phone a lot less, and he's looking at golf courses more critically as they do as they get older, um, and really trying to figure out what it is that he responds to. Uh, he, I, you just you can see where it's where it's going. He's he, he's the next one. Well, get his address. Uh, We've got some. Book. We'll send him some books. You got a few books you could send him yeah. in your clothes. The big ones to yeah. read. <laughs> we'll get him a reading list. No problem with that. Uh, it'd be fantastic. Just, just send him the future of golf, Shaq. That's all he needs to yeah. read. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure he would He would be fascinated by a few of the things in there. He might be one of the few who can afford it these days, Shaq. The copies that turn up, is it is your book, The Future of Golf? You can't get them for love nor money, can you? I thought that was the one that was... No? Uh, I think it's... Uh, that one's a little more available, but... Um, gosh, that was a great I, book, that. That was a great book. I mean, it's a pity... I know the captain of the RNA has read it, because I told him to read it, but, <laughs> you know, that's a great book. And it's a, it's a pity it didn't become like Harvey Penick's Little Red Book because it's more important. Ooh, we, well, it's a little more ranting than, than Harvey, uh, but uh, it's a lot of ranting under, under under one set of covers. But um, 
it, 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 uh, yeah, I do open it sometimes and go, wow, where did I? Gee, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite smart. Up with those stats? My <laughs> God, I've really slowed down. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that much time into digging those numbers up now. My God. Now I'm going to spend my, my day tomorrow digging up field strength numbers to make my case at this new schedule and maybe, maybe doing damage. But no, the, the numbers are uh, staggering in, in so many ways, and it is probably time to do an update just looking at some of those things that have changed them. But I think this distance report is going to do a lot of that for us from what I gather. And, uh, well, it'll spark be- talk that the worst thing that happens, Shaq, is the issue goes quiet for months at a time. That's the worst thing that can happen. We still talk about it, but it, it, well, right. the, the important stuff is when it bubbles up into the mainstream, which it does from time to time, you know, like the backstopping when Clates and Jimmy Walker had it, that was fantastic because it got people to talk about it and that's when things happen. So that's, as long as they're making announcements and talking, that's at least the bike's not falling over. Right. It's wobbling, but it's not stopping and that's really and important. Prepared for this fall, well, driving distance on the tour was, was down a yard and a half or whatever the final number will be. I heard it's, I think it's down to two yard average right now but with the hot weather right now in the, the the next few weeks that'll get chipped away at um but yeah be prepared for that well we don't have to do anything the numbers dropped this year like well wow it's one year and where were you on the years when when it was spiking and it's a year where we had lousy weather yeah which is that you know yeah. which is the climate change argument is the climate's not the weather you know the fact that it might change you know, one year through another is not an overall indicator right. of what the, the 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 big picture is. Yeah. Ooh. So I hope, but but that will come up, and uh, that that will be part of the discussion. And you can bet that that somebody will, the people who who are claiming they're making things longer than they've ever made them will also be claiming, see, nothing needs to be done. It's exactly backwards last year. So yeah, I love those kinds of arguments. Oh, dear. Uh, we'll keep going around the yeah. circle, eh? There's no new arguments in it. They're just the same ones, and we'll see which ones start to take, yeah. uh, start to, to curry favour with the uh, with the voting public. They'll vote with their wallet. Shaq, it's been great to talk. Took more of your time than I meant to, but always great to catch up. Glad you enjoyed it. It's been fantastic to talk to you today, mate. Thanks for some of your insights. Yeah, all right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, And, Clates, always terrific to talk to you, my friend. And uh, I can't think... Thank you, Rod. Your old mate, John Evans, he'll have listened right to the end. He'll have heard your climate change reference, and you can expect some tweets oh, from him yeah, because he's a denier. Socialist, he's a socialist right. reference yeah. in Sweden. Yeah. You're a lefty climate change clinging clown. Yeah, so, uh, denier, yeah. Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, well, sorry, J.E. We did record this on a day when, when multiple cities in Europe uh, <laughs> recorded their highest temperature ever. Oh, don't, don't. Ever. And several of them recorded it today, a day after recording it the previous day. So, yeah. All right. J.E., you might have to uh, come along. When we start our climate change podcast, J.E., you can come and be a guest. Until then, no, we, take won't shots, we won't do that. Take shot. Yeah, we've got enough trouble with just the ball. Uh, that wraps up episode 97 of State of the Game. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking. We'll be back to do it all again, of course, soon here on State of the Game. This episode was produced at the Sydney Podcast Studios and School. Hands-on learning for podcast beginners, studio hire for podcast professionals. See sydneypodcaststudios.com.au for all your podcasting needs. (laughs) 